Okay, good morning. We're welcoming everyone that's joining our show today. Uh, this is 89.1 FM radio coming to you from Lorain, Ohio, and so happy that you tuned in. Uh, we actually been having some really good shows with the interest of, that people have uh, expressed. Yeah. And uh, we're picking it up again with one of these churches that are in the seven churches in the book of Revelation. Very mm -hmm. important. So I'm here at the studio with my good friend and assistant, David Abood. Good to have you, David. Great to be here, John. And his son, Tristan. Tristan, good to have you here. Thank you, thank you. Because you'll be leaving for college. Yeah, this sir. This yeah. Week. yeah. Wow. Right. And the schools are opening. Is that right? Yep. Some are. How about football? <laughs> is that coming? Football is uh, starting this fall in Ohio. Yeah, right. So, excuse me. So, that's exciting. I mean, and they're allowing band and other things. That's good. So, and that's get great. things moving in the yeah. right direction. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, we're in a season. It's a season of change. And um, when you really consider 2020, everything oh, changed. Man. I was speaking last night. Yeah. And I said, if you look at it, uh, everything from schooling to jobs to going to your favorite mm -hmm. restaurant to getting on an airplane and flying on a trip mm -hmm. to cruises mm -hmm. to the economy, you name it, it's change. We're in the midst of change. And like my friend used to say, when you're in the midst of a lot of change, get with that which never changes. And the yes. Word of God never Amen. changes. Yeah. What we're reading was written 2,000 years ago. Yeah. And it has application to us today. And if we leave within 50 years from here and go to be with the Lord, this mm. thing is going to continue. This Word of God is not going anywhere. Mm. And that's why we can anchor our faith. And we can actually gain a lot of peace by looking at the Word of God like we're going to do yes. this morning. You know what's kind of cool, Mr. Martha, too? I, I've noticed this after doing a couple of these shows just on the, the churches of mm -hmm. Revelation. It's it's that one part of the Bible that Christians really tend to jump over. Because I have, I have a couple of good friends that really read the Bible and Scripture sure. well. But when, whenever you reference anything in any of the other parts of the New Testament, they'll get it. Um, but whenever you talk about the church in Ephesus or Paul's letter to the church in Smyrna in the book of Revelation, or not Paul, John, but that, that like, you know, I didn't, I didn't even realize how much application it had in our everyday life. Oh, Pergamum, yeah. it's, so this is a really good study that we're doing. That's a good point, Tristan. You know, Revelation opens up, and again, Revelation means unveiling. Mm -hmm. the apocalypse means, and it starts in chapter one with just a complete uh, picture uh, that John sees of Jesus Christ in all his glory. And don't forget, John was probably the closest apostle during the earthly yeah. ministry of Jesus. He was right there, mm -hmm. very, called right. the beloved apostle. But now he's just undone when he sees Jesus in all his power and magnificence as the King mm -hmm. of kings and Lord of lords. And then it shifts in, in chapter 2 and 3 where Jesus is personally writing to seven churches that are in, back then it was called Asia Minor, but what we would call today Turkey, on the uh, western part of Turkey. Right. John, of course, is on a prison island. He's been banished, uh, and it's called Patmos, which mm. is off the western coast of uh, Asia Minor. Mm -hmm. But John may have had a lot of involvement with mm. these churches in his ministry when he was a free man, and perhaps he was a head elder at the church in Ephesus, which is your really key church. That's yeah. your platform church. Yeah. Uh, that that It starts from there, and it, right. they think maybe... The church the others at Ephesus were built started, because of that first one, perhaps right. right? What we would call sister churches mm. today. So we went through them, and we come into the middle now, uh, church, and that's the message to the church at Thyatira, and it opens again. Uh, these are letters, so they have a certain structure and format, right. and they all open with this idea. Jesus speaking says, "And to the angel of the church of Thyatira, write." Then, then he gets into some titling uh, attribute of Jesus. Mm. So. Maybe, David, you might have, did you do a little look-see at the, the city of Thyatira? What's yeah. going on at that time? Yeah, sure, um, John. 
So, you know, Thyroid Tyra was located about 35 miles southeast of Pergamon. It was, it was also on a major road of the Roman Empire, and because of that, it had many trade uni unions which settled in the city. Uh, really, pretty much everyone who worked there was a member of one or more trades. They had carpenters, mm -hmm. dyers, sellers of goods, tent makers. But I thought the most interesting thing was one of the things they were most known for was their textiles mm -hmm. and the color of their textiles. They had a very rich minerals in their water, oh. and they had some of the best richest looking red textiles mm -hmm. in the world and so that's what they were known for i, I thought that was a, a real interesting uh, sidebar um but again um this was really where many trade unions belonged and so you had the textiles you, they also were wonderful brass makers and mm -hmm. uh when we start to get into this uh when we start to read the word you will see that jesus also referenced some uh some bronze and so, uh, but but th those are really the two key things that they were known for. So in general, this church was really focused on business. It's a commercial center. Yeah. It's not like the other big guys no. like Pergamum no. or Ephesus. But like you said, David, they're known for their trades, their mm -hmm. skill trades. Yep. But here's the problem, is that the, you had belonged to a trade union. Yes. It was almost like yep. the day in America in these cities mm -hmm. used to have trade unions you almost had to belong to. But often these trade unions... If you were a carpenter, if you were a mason, if you were a uh, dye maker of uh -huh, clothing, uh -huh. they would have annual or semi-annual festivals. Right. And they often had a spirit or a, the what they would call a god, Apollo, right? yeah. that they would uh, look to for prosperity and they mm -hmm. would have an offering. Well, the Christian couldn't do that. Yeah. They couldn't be involved with this superstitious occultic mm -hmm. idolatry. Yeah. Jesus is going to address some of that here. So <laughs> we see this kind of... Thing going. The good thing is they were tradesmen, they were skilled, mm -hmm. belonged to unions. Bad thing that this often meant. Yeah. It would, it, it, the modern day equivalent would be like you were in sales or if you were in high tech, mm -hmm. and you every year your guys go to Las Vegas for a seminar, mm -hmm. a conference. Right. But then the guys get involved and go into a clubs yeah. or mm -hmm. immorality, right. and you can't go right. as a right. believer, even though they think it's well, part of the deal. And So, so John, I, I guess in short, basically, it, as, as you said, you had to be part of this trade union, but you also had to worship one of their idol gods, exactly. whether it was a power or somebody else, and they said if you didn't do it, you're not going to have success in your business, or if you don't do it, we're not going to allow you to work. Yeah, right. Well, I think and those so, things are combined, it, yeah, right? Yeah, we're right. Yes. It, and so think about that. I mean, you know, when it starts to come, and we talked about this with the last church, if you can't make a living and feed your family, man, yeah. oh, that, yeah. that, that really rough. hits you. And what would you do? You well, know, I mean, you dabble a little, you know, well, how would you handle that? Well, and you see your family starving. And so, you know, it, it's anyway, that, that is one of the big things we'll look at here and see yeah. how Jesus addresses it. So we get into this. And we see here, now a little backstory. You mentioned about the trade and the clothing. Mm -hmm. uh, well, if you look at um, Acts chapter 16, yeah. uh, Acts chapter 16. We'll let Tristan read that. Yeah. yeah. If you look there, chapter 16, and read, um, th this is when Paul is on his missionary journey, right? And uh, look, at, um, look at verse um, 12 and 13. And 14. All right. And from there to Philippi, which is a leading city in the district of Macedonia and a Roman colony, we remain in the city some days. And on the Sabbath day, we went outside the gate to the riverside where we were supposed to, where 
where we supposed that there was a place of prayer, and we sat down and spoke to the woman who had come together. One of one of who heard us was a woman named Lydia from the city of Thyatira, mm-hmm. a seller of purple goods, which is the tactiles that you were talking about, Dad, who was a worshiper of God. The Lord opened her heart to pay attention to what was said by Paul. And then maybe the next verse. Was- and, okay, so, and after she was baptized and her household is also baptized, she urged us saying, if you have judged me to be faithful to the Lord, come to my house and stay. And she prevailed upon us. Now, some important indicators here. Number one, we see she's from Thyatira. Right. Now, she's not in Thyatira mm-hmm. at the time. She might mm-hmm. be out on a sales journey yeah. under this other place. Right. But she is a God, what's known as a God-fearer. Yep. She has she she worships God as best she can, but Paul leads her into the Christian faith, how to totally uh, worship God uh-huh. and accept Jesus Christ as mm-hmm. your Savior. But notice, she's a seller of purple, the yeah. very thing you referenced. <laughs> yeah. The other thing yeah. is, she opens her house, and this is probably the start of a church. Uh-huh. Now, what happens when she goes back to Thyatira, she may start a church there. Do you see the connection? So, yeah. So wow. what yeah, I'm getting at is when you study yeah. scripture, right. it's a historical story going on right. here. But you right. got to pull the threads and go, oh, they came from there. So they, go, oh, maybe that. So it's a really kind of an interesting it, when it, you study it. Is she the first convert to Christianity in Thyatira? Uh, yeah, well, it's she's possible. the first. There, there was right. a reference the to first, that. But I once know. Paul decides to go yeah. west, mm-hmm. remember he gets the yeah. Macedonian right. call, she's the first named mm. uh, Ooh. European Ooh. Christian. That's awesome. And it's a woman entrepreneur. There it is. You know, Think about that. Back then? Yeah. I mean, seriously. But do you see when yeah. you compare scripture with scripture, how yeah. like you can right. tease out information, you start putting it together, like, oh, she was selling, right. okay. Okay, so we'll get into yeah, this by entire yeah. now. So okay. if you want to, Tristan, read uh, chapter 2 of Revelation, mm-hmm. and we'll go through uh, verse 18 through 20. Okay. Mm-hmm. To the angel of the church in Thyatira write, The words of the Son of God, who has eyes like a flame of fire, and whose feet are like burnished bronze. I know your works, your love, your faith, and service, and patient endurance and that all your latter works exceeded the first. But I have this against you, that you tolerate that woman Jezebel, who calls herself a prophetess, and is teaching and seducing my servants to practice sexual immorality and eat food sacrificed to, to idols. Okay, so here we see the introduction. Uh, the church is addressed, the church in Thyatira. This is the importance of a local church. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can't stress that enough. Um, these things, says the Son of God, notice that Jesus... Oftentimes in the Gospels, he'll call himself Son of Man. Here he calls himself Son of God. He'll use both titles. Look, what does this mean? Who has eyes like a flame of fire? What is that suggesting? The Holy Spirit? Yeah. yeah. But what if you have flames, if your mm-hmm. eyes are like flames of fire, what, what, do you, what can you do? Discern. Discern. Yeah. You can look beyond the man, you know, you, you can mm-hmm. penetrate. Nice. Mm-hmm. You go inward. And that's why. Mm-hmm. Jesus, it'll often say, he understood the thoughts and intents of their heart. Mm. He understood their motives. He goes deeper than physical actions we can observe. See, man looks at the outward appearance. God looks at the inward appearance. That's good, John. Yeah. This fiery eyes and also this element of uh, feet like fine brass. Brass is often used in judgment. So he's discerning. Yeah. He's coming his feet uh, like fine brass. Uh, it's the idea that he can, he can look inward and he can see your true motivation. It says this in Psalm 139. 
Lord, you have searched me and known me. You know my sitting down, you know my rising up. You understand my thoughts from afar off. You comprehend my path, my lying down. You are acquainted with all my ways, for there is not a word on my tongue. You know it all together. You see how God yeah. knows everything, yeah. the thoughts, everything. Right. Any disguises we have. You know, John, I think, um, isn't this the first time in Revelations that he uses the title Son of God? Uh, is it the first time in yeah uh, in Revelation? It could be. I you know okay. I haven't. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, because you know I I looking at that you know when you're talking about Apollo uh-huh. and they would always say he was the son of God. I think just the way he led into this mm-hmm. to say no, <laughs> I am the son of God, and uh, and you know he also talks about uh, the other thing he touches on is his feet were like burnished bronze. Right. Saying that, you know, and that was something that they were really high on with their idol worship, Mm -hmm. and they were very good at the craft. But he is saying, I am the Son of God. Here's my bronzed, you know, beautifully uh, burnished bronze feet. So for me, he is calling out the fact, no, this guy's this guy's nothing. I'm the real guy, trying to get their attention on that. Well, yeah, he's establishing. Yeah. Remember, this is a culture that was beset with idolatry, right. emperor worship, right. worship of spirits. And Jesus, is, in Revelation, he's establishing or proclaiming himself yeah. that he is king of kings. He is Lord of lords. Mm-hmm. Right. They used to have this saying in Latin, Curios Caesar, Curios Jesus. Mm. Caesar is Lord mm-hmm. or, or Jesus, Jesus is Lord. Lord. I mean, it's binary. It's You choose. Well, it, it, and again, if we don't believe that, the Bible is not what what we think it is. Yeah, and so, right. the, the, again, I think he only does it two or three other times in the New Testament or whatnot. Other people will do it, but, you know, he doesn't reference that Son of God statement many times yeah. at all. Yeah. So I think it's so important um, just to bring that out, yeah. especially here with the idol worship. Well, this to me reminds me of Pergamum because what they had to do in Pergamum was it was like the center of worship and, you know, all right, here we got another Roman god. Yeah, right. Apollo is the, the patron god of um trade i think mm-hmm. and so you know they'd go to his temple they'd, they'd do all the, the parties but if you didn't go wasn't that considered like a curse on your trade union yeah because, you could so yeah. you'd, be kicked, out, you'd yeah. be kicked out of your trade That's, union exactly the, the entire yeah. thing is all about how important it is to these right. people like their jobs right. was their thing yeah. and you know that they're doing a good job overall but you know some of them started oh, to the fall church? away yes well if you look here yeah. like you say he says first thing jesus does and again think of him in the role as a mm-hmm. great physician first yeah. thing he does is examine and then he gives a diagnostic, and then he recommends treatment. So here he says, verse 19, I know your works, yeah. your love, yeah. your service, mm. your faith, your patience. As for the works, the last are more than the first. What does that suggest about them? They're growing. Yeah. You see? They're on an upward trajectory. They're on an yeah. upward trajectory. Yeah. Notice, he knows your works. Love, yeah. Ephesus had many of these things going on, but they lost their first love. Right. These guys have a lot, and they still have this idea. Jesus acknowledges that's so their good. service, their faith, good for them. Their patience. As for your works, you're growing the first, but then, nevertheless, now he comes in because he's discerning. He's discerning, and he says, "Here's your problem. I have yeah. a few things against you because you allow that woman Jezebel, who calls herself a prophetess, to teach you uh-huh. and seduce you." my servants to commit sexual immorality and to eat things sacrificed to idols. So who is this woman? Well, we're going to look well, at that. Yeah. But notice look at that what he says bit. here. 
I have a few things because you allow yeah. what they 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 were great on love, but they were weak on discernment. Uh, Ephesus was good on discernment. He even but, says but they we are love. weak oh, in love. So they're mirror but, images of each other. Opposite. Okay, got yeah. it. Yeah. But you know, it, I think one of the things here: your love and faith, your service and your perseverance. Love leads to service, and mm-hmm. faith leads to perseverance. And I think he's, you know, is he trying to call out, you know, be faithful to me. You know, I'm coming back, and and, and we'll see that because this had it been so hard to, well, to, it's to hard, live in this. It's a hard, yeah. You're right, but always remember the churches. They have two basic enemies. Right. One is from the outside, yeah. and the other is on the inside. Mm-hmm. Now, in the military, it was one thing when the enemy's on the outside. You right. put up a perimeter right. guard, you establish mm-hmm. guard posts, you, you, you know, put shoot flares up. You, yeah. you were looking, but when the enemy gets on the inside, yeah. that's a whole other issue. The Trojan horse. Yeah. <laughs> so it's better if it's on the outside. Outside, right. yeah. you know they're out there and we're right. together and we're going to yeah. fight. Same thing with these guys. There's emperor worship, there's mm-hmm. idolatry out there. But now he's saying, I have this against you. Yeah. You're allowing this. So they were great on love, but they were they were, mm, they were too man. tolerant. Mm-hmm. This is a big problem with churches mm. today. We can be extremely tolerant in the name of love. Therefore, we won't preach against, well, this is particularly sexual immorality, or preach against this or, or teach mm. against that because we don't want to hurt people's feelings. Right. This is right. so applicable. It just is. Today. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's, 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 That's it's crazy. crazy. That's why right. I always said right. by saying, he that hath an ear, let, let him, him hear what the Spirit right. He's writing to these specific churches, but he's all through the quarters of time. The Holy Spirit is saying, do you have a spiritual ear? Yeah. Are you learning anything here? Right. So, <laughs> so, John, what, when was this written by, um, uh, what, what, about 95 AD or so? Sure. 70 to 95. It's, seven, it's in that time. So, There's so, no time So 2,000 years, it's, you know, the application. And, and, and that's what you've always taught me about how the Bible is structured in a way that it is consistent mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and it moves through time beautifully. Right. And so if we just rely on that and not all the chaos around us, that that's really the take-home message here even today. Oh, yeah, this, you is, know? this is meant for us. It sure is. So what's going on here? Well, if you go back to 1 Kings yep. 16 uh, through several chapters there, we are introduced mm-hmm. to a king in Israel at that time called Ahab. So 1 oh, yeah. Kings, Kings, where are we? Uh, chapter 16. Ahab, yes. Um, oh, Ahab's a bad guy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, well, he, he, you know, he, he started off okay, but he got worse. Uh, so what happens with Ahab is he ends up marrying this woman who comes from a distant place, actually mm. from uh, uh, Sidon. She's, it says here, in, um, look at verse 29 of 1 Kings chapter 16, if you find it. Right. Um, in the 38th year of Asa... King of Judah, Ahab, the son of Omri, began to reign over Israel. And Ahab, the son of Omri, reigned over Israel in Samaria 22 years. And Ahab, the son of Omri, did evil in the sight of the Lord more than all who were before him. And as if it had been a light thing for him to walk in the sins of Jeroboam, the son of Nebat, he took for his wife Jezebel, Jezebel, so that's mm-hmm. important, Jezebel, the daughter of Ethbal. Ethbal, okay, so mm-hmm. Baal is in that name, king of the... Sidonians and went and served Baal, Baal the God, and worshipped him. He erected an altar for Baal in the house of Baal, which he built in Samaria. And Ahab made an Asherah, which is like a bush, right? Yeah, well, it's like a holy like bush. A pillar. Yeah, yeah, right. right. Um, so he, Ahab makes the Asherah. Ahab did more to provoke the Lord, the God of Israel, to anger than all the kings of Israel who were before him. Notice that. Notice wow. that. Our Lord's angry in Revelation. He's got this against mm-hmm. this church of Thyatira. It goes way back here. Mm-hmm. 
And you see what happened. Ahab's got his own issues. One of his problems is he's weak. Yeah. And he's influenced by this, this pagan wife. Now, she's coming into the picture. It says he's wicked. And um, he marries her, and she's going to introduce all of this Baal worship. Yeah. And all of the, this has uh, images of idolatry and immorality. Right. They often go hand in hand. Idolatry and sexual immorality. Idolatry and sexual immorality. Why is that? Well, it's, it has to do with man is into appearance. Man is into the physical. Man is into the... and he's, Whereas we worship God in spirit and truth. Right. You see what I'm saying? And so you often see these things together. And a matter of fact, throughout the Old Testament in particular... When it says uh, Israel committed adultery, yeah. sometimes that meant going after pagan gods. You were not faithful as a, as a wife to a husband, Jehovah God, and you go after what they call a whoring or adultery. You see that in Hosea. Yeah, right. It worked itself out. But here we get this woman. So she she's wicked. I mean, she kills a guy because mm. Ahab wants his garden plot. And this. Long story short, God... She had, they both have space to repent. They don't repent. And there's a prophecy comes against her later in Kings right. where she's going to be uh, eaten by dogs, eat, right. broken in pieces, yeah. and dogs will come and, yeah. Yeah. and that's She got what thrown over the balcony the or balcony something. Yeah. By her surface, right? Eaten by that dogs. Boom, yeah. she banks the ground. <laughs> that yeah. stinks, man. Um, yeah. Think about it. And what happened to, to Judas? He will go out and hang himself and his... Fall upon the ground inside. and his intestines. Exactly right. right. Field of blood. Yep. Yeah. So, so, John, I, I mean, the, to Tristan's question, um, and do I have this right? You know, Jesus seems to name people sometimes just based on character. That right. wasn't really her name. No, right. Okay, no. so he's just making a reference to this lady. She's a Jezebel who was woman. Right. Who was okay. the king right. of Ahab of Israel. Great point. If you say so, somebody's a Judas... right. It means they turn. You're not literally yeah, named yeah, Judas. Just, and and Jesus does that a lot, just to focus on their character, which is because you're bringing a lot of information. Yeah, yeah he's trying to help us understand right. by using and, something and we then, already know. Then right? you know exactly who this person exactly. is, right. even exactly. though you don't know her real name, because right. I don't know. Okay, her real so name. I was talking to this girl that I know about, like how you, when you describe God, a lot of the times you'll use the aspects of creation to uh -huh. like, describe his character, because sure. you know everything he did, like light, like describes his character. Yeah. Heat describes like his glory. And so in the same way, it could relate to Jezebel because you're using information mm -hmm. you already know in order to gain a better understanding about a character that was previously yeah. mentioned. Yeah, Because exactly. it's a two, as you said, it's yeah. a two-edged sword. you got to right. use both ends of the sword, Old Testament, yeah. New Testament, to mm -hmm. understand the full thing. Yeah. Right. Like Pol Pot in Cambodia. You know, mm -hmm. you could say he was, he, he was a Hitler to Cambodia. He mm -hmm. wiped out the people. He was vicious. You know, but you're using that character to explain some problem. Right. But what's interesting here is a couple things. Yeah. These were these were Gentiles belonging to the majority of these churches, right? First century, mm -hmm. but they understand these Old Testament references. Right, that intrigues yes. me. Yeah, do we could we do that today in our well, churches? I don't think so. Not well, most people. Well, the other thing too, John, when you go back to the story uh, of the Old Testament and you fast. Uh, flash fast forward. Fast uh -huh. forward. Thank you. you. <laughs> uh, tongue tied. Um, in Revelations. You know, it's almost like the same behavior. Mm. She's anointed the prophetess in her right. own mind. Right. And the guys are just, the people are just letting her do her thing. Exactly. Right. They don't even kick her out. They lack discernment. And, and so they say, well, we went and talked to her and she's not changing her program. Mm. So it's it's very similar to what happened here. Yeah. She's leading the king. Oh, yeah. You know, right. the real Jezebel. contaminating the people. Yeah. So this idea of false prophet, right. uh, Jesus says in Matthew 25, when he leaves, many false prophets would come. Yeah. Paul talks about how they come in like ravenous wolves to tear up the sheep. Mm -hmm. You know, um, sometimes they come as uh, 
wolves in sheep's clothing. So they look good initially. They might be talented or just even moral initially. Right. But all of a sudden, they come in to destroy the flock. I mean, an, an extreme example today would be, uh, think of Jim Jones. Oh, he yes. He comes in. Initially, he's doing a lot of benevolent work out in Los mm -hmm. Angeles and feeding the poor mm -hmm. and doing this. He gets a, he gets a thousand people. He says, we got to leave now. And he takes them to Guyana, South America. Right. And they end up literally killing them. Literally. Yes. See, same thing with David Koresh, you know, up in Waco, Texas. That's an extreme. But the idea of people weasel their way in. Yeah. It's like poison. It's like yeah. not, uh, gas. Poisonous gas starting to come in. You don't smell it initially until you're like knocked out and it kills you. Mm. That's fault. We got to be constantly aware of false teaching. Yeah. So we follow this down here, and he says here with Thyatira, um, th there you see the immorality thing sacrificed to idols. Mm -hmm. And I gave her time to repent of her sexual immorality. And she notice what does this speak of Jesus? I gave her time. Yes. He's not. He didn't he immediately not just right. He yes. gives people time. Yes, oh, he does. does that with all the churches, yeah. though, because he yeah. says he he will in the future remove their lampstand. But that's right. not today. Yeah. And he gives them a warning, too. Same way with us. Right. God is not slack concerning his presence. God is a merciful God. Right. But, right. okay, yeah. we cannot presume upon that mercy. Don't, you know, yeah. we cannot, you know, we should really say, thank you, God, for you, your patience with me. You extend mercy. I'm going to turn and repent. And they could have mm -hmm. done that. I mean, we're not sure exactly what they did, historically speaking. But right. he says, I will. She did not repent. Jezebel did not repent, right. even though these prophets spoke against her. And I will cast her into a sickbed and those who commit adultery with her into the great tribulation unless they repent of their deeds. So here we see God can use physical pain or discomfort uh, to get people's attention. We we can we can draw close to God mm -hmm. through His goodness, you know he, His blessings. He you know He gives us, and we think, boy, God's been good to me. I want to serve Him. I want to I want to stay close to Him. Or He can use yeah. uh, famine. He can use a disease like COVID. He can use whatever He wants to use right. to force people to think, oh my goodness, I better get right with God. Sure. I better see here. He's saying, I'm going to put her on a sick bed. I, we don't know what this means exactly, but it's some kind of torment. It's going to come against her and the people and with the idea of to force them to say, I love you so much, I'm going to do something. Like a parent doesn't mm -hmm. want to spank a child or somebody doesn't want yeah. to discipline someone. But sometimes it's necessary it's for necessary. the child to get okay. You know, I, I guess this, this raises the question in the midst of their growth, John, as you mentioned, they allow this ungodly woman to rise to such a place of enormous spiritual influence. Yeah. And, you know, what, what do you think of that? Is it just because their trades are going so well and it's easier just to let her continue? Uh, they're feeding their family. They're living abundantly a little she's bit. She's probably very persuasive. Yeah. Mm -hmm. She may have uh, been a great speaker. Yes. And remember what the Bible says, a little bit of leaven leavens mm -hmm. the whole loaf. Right. You don't, you've got to get in there and you got uh, quite, uh, we can do whole shows on this, but there's teachings coming into mm -hmm. churches across our country today right. that are not of God. And they can penetrate mm -hmm. in, and it gets bigger and bigger and bigger. Right. And if the shepherds, that should, one of the things the shepherds should do is you got to feed the flock, you got to lead the flock, but you also got to protect the flock. You got to be able to. They say shepherds could used to be able to smell wolves. They could, they could something's wrong, Seriously. something's in the air. Wow, cool. And they would. We got to be able to have that discernment to say mm -hmm. this teaching isn't right. Right. We got to guard the flock because why? 
you got weak members, you got unbelievers that are just new believers. You got to protect them, mm -hmm. man. You, gotta, yeah. you can't just let, you know. Sure. I did a Bible study once. It was a pretty decent sized group, and this guy would come in and he would, he would bring out these crazy teachings and, and stuff about mm -hmm. aliens. And I said, Look, I said, talk to me afterwards and tell me. He wanted to pass out these leaflets, and I says, we got new believers here. We have some unbelievers here. I don't want you promoting this stuff that I don't even know what it is. Stay with the word of God. We can discuss that. So I had to like say in a nice yeah. way. But you got to do this stuff to yeah. protect the people. No kidding. You know? Yeah. So here it says um, mm -hmm. he will bring some type of uh, judgment here. And then he says, verse 23, and then he intensifies it. First he throws her on the sickbed to get her repent. Then he says, I will kill her children, probably the followers, with death. And all the churches shall know that I am He. One of the reasons He's going to drop judgment on this is why. So that all the churches yeah. might see what happened. Right. Like cutting out a cancer. Yeah, exactly. Right, right. Okay. as That's an example. Right. That's right, Tristan. You know, uh, somebody said, if you can't be a good example, be a terrible warning. Well, this is going to be a terrible warning. We're not going to do that because That's rough. look what happened there. Because what happened there. And then he then he'll bring up this idea of the eyes that. Yeah, flames of fire when he says in verse 23 I am he who searches the minds and the hearts how does he do that well he's got eyes that can penetrate right you see, oh that's why it was so important yes. to recognize it yes. was mentioned earlier in verse right. 19 yeah, yeah 18 verse 18 and so he says I'm, I'm going to search he, it's like with us he searches our hearts yeah. he searches my right. mind he wants to know our motives our purpose we just think of we're going to judge your actions, okay, which is important. But God judges the inner heart, the thought life, all this, mm -hmm. which is comforting and discomforting, depending on what our thought life is like. <laughs> um, he says, um, and I now he says, and I will give to each one of you according to your works. In other words, there's penalty and there's reward. We see that constantly. Mm -hmm. right. If you do this, 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 same thing in society. If you break laws, yeah. if you break laws, ultimately you're going to pay a penalty. Right. You're going to get caught. I mean, let's say, you know, we don't drive down the street and keep the stop sign mm -hmm. and the speed limit and everything because we're afraid we're going to get a ticket, we're going to get fined, we might have to do time. We do it because we're part of the community and we want yeah. to do the right thing and we want to set a good example. Right. But if you're a lawbreaker, then okay. Mm -hmm. You don't care about the community. You don't care about the laws. You break enough, you're going to get caught. You're going to get fined. Mm -hmm. You keep breaking them, you're going to be in prison. You see what I'm saying? Yes. So both work. It, it, you know, it, it it's like being just a normal parent. You yeah. know, do you do you really want to discipline your children right. if they're not listening all the time? No, you don't. But, you know, it, it, it's tough, you know, and you love them so much, right? It's the same here with Christ where he's giving her a chance to repent and she just doesn't want to do it. So he has to impose the judgment. Yeah, right. Uh, he, he doesn't even want to, you know, it's tough on him. You know, and I think that's in 2.23, that all the churches will know that I am uh, he who searches hearts and minds and I will repay each of you according to your deeds. That's right. I mean, right. man, wake up. It's time to oh, wake yeah, up yeah. when he says that, man. So I'm, you I'm got awake. God's mercy <laughs> yeah. and you got God's his wrath judgment. And his wrath, you yeah. See? And then what they're doing is they're tipping the scale. Mm -hmm. right. We always want to stay on this side, do those things that please yeah. God. It, it, and so right now with the pandemic, John, I mean, I, I don't know about you guys, but when I think about natural disasters, uh -huh. <laughs> You know, tornadoes, floods, hurricanes, uh, uh, this pandemic. Boy, man, does it make me stop and think and to evaluate what I've been doing, what I've been doing with my family, sure. what I've been doing with others, because life is so short. 
you know, the, the, we are not here. This is not our destination. And for this kind of thing to happen, it, it just has gotten me to inwardly look at what I've been doing, evaluating what, I mean, don't you think, is that what you do in well, something like this? Or how I mean, do you handle if that? If you look at the COVID, yeah. in one week, I know. one week, yeah. the whole world shut down. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. International travel, mm -hmm. business, trading, sales, mm -hmm. schools, Crazy. sports, everything we depended on. Right. Uh, it's like terra firma, the earth itself. Yeah. Well, it is terra firma until the earth shakes and you have an earthquake. Mm -hmm. Wait, terra firma? Terra just means the firm earth oh, in okay. Latin. Okay. Well, it, we do think it's firm. We take it for granted. Yeah, he's but a land guy. I always say that our problem with Americans is we always think tomorrow is going to be like today. Right. We always right. think, to, and it wasn't. It changed. Restaurants stopped. Sports restricted. So what do we do with this? We were forced back into our homes. Mm -hmm. What is really important in life and the fact that our lives are fragile. Yes. Any one of us could get sick. Any mm -hmm. one of us could right. die. Right. We saw this, you know, I mean, probably not. I mean, statistically, we're not. But I'm just saying that thing was out there. So what you want to do is use tragedy or bad events to reflect on our own life yes. and our own fragility. Let me show you an example of that real quick. Look yeah. at Luke chapter 13. Yeah, that's great, Sam. Luke chapter 13. And just read... Um, how this kind of thing works itself out. Look at verse um, 1 through 3. Luke chapter 13, 1 through 3. There were some present at that very time who told him about the Galileans whose blood Pilate had mingled with their sacrifices. What, is, what does that mean, Pilate had mingled well, with their sacrifices? Well, what what's, maybe is happening here, Galileans are coming down south, probably maybe going to Passover, right. the sacrifice in the Passover. Pilate, one of the ways he would do crowd control, I'm not saying it happened in this instance, but could have, he would have soldiers dressed up like civilians go through the crowd and just stab people. Whoa. Yeah. Or he would control people by killing people. You know, oh, right, sure. here, yeah, here's what's going to happen if you talk about a revolt or rebellion. We don't know. All we know is he killed he killed these Galileans. Wow. Okay? Mm -hmm. And they're saying to Jesus, um, uh, they're telling him about it, but look what Jesus says. And he answered them, Do you think that these Galileans were worse sinners than all the other Galileans because they suffered in this way? No, I tell you, but unless you repent, you will all likewise perish. So he's taking this incident right. where men were being killed suddenly, and, and he's saying, Don't look at them and the suddenness and the tragedy of their death, but rather look where? Inwardly. Inwardly at yeah. yourself, yeah. and not to keep yourself physically self, mm -hmm. but to repent and get right with God. We're right. no better than they were. Even right. yeah, right. We're all the same. He use all these tragedies <laughs> yeah. to reflect. Now look at what he right. says in the next yep. two verses. Mm -hmm. Or two verses, yes. Um, verse 4. Or those 18 on whom the tower of Siloam fell and killed them, do you think that they were worse offenders than all the others who lived in Jerusalem? No, I tell you. But unless you repent, you will all likewise perish. Now notice. The one is man-made, killing. Like mm -hmm. if you, I was in Cambodia, I saw the killing fields that Pol Pot killed. That was man-made tragedy. Here is an accident. They're building a tower solo, maybe the wind or something happened, 18 guys get killed. All disasters are like that. Usually they're man-made or they're natural. COVID is maybe a combination of both. I don't know. But what I'm saying is use it to reflect on our own, not just yes. our physical well-being, but to repent right. and get right with God. Mm -hmm. Just like he's saying to this church at Thyatira. Yeah. Do you see how he's using yeah. those two incidents? Right, right. Use it to our benefit. Awesome. It, it, our absolutely. Benefit. And, and, and we, you and I have talked about that, John, and I've even talked to my family about it. It's so important to do that. 
and to reflect because th- th- this, I mean, to, to have them see this in our lifetime mm. even it is unbelievable because you just know how precious life is. And, man, if you don't have this, you if you don't have the word, what do you have? What well, is stable? I mean, what what is, you know, uh, what is going to get you through this? And also, where are we going? Exactly right. And so, you know, again, we just have to remember that this is just a, a, a temporary uh, field for us to practice on. But this is not our home. No, no, this is yeah. It. Life is a this vapor. Is so it says short. in the book of James, it's like a vapor. It's like trying to grasp smoke. Yeah. It's uh, gone. You know, I mean, look at now, you know, mm-hmm. you're... We're sitting here a year later, you know. Yeah. We've been doing the radio now four years. What I'm saying yeah, is, can't just, yeah, it's just, been that long like time. That. It feels yeah. like that, you know. Mm-hmm. They say inside every 80 year old, there's an eight year old that says, "Hey, what's what just happened?" <laughs> 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 it's that quick. Okay, so now we see. Uh, uh, Are you still in Luke? Verse 24, Thyatira. I were back. Okay, there. you're back, back to Revelation so, two. Revelation two. Okay. Yeah. Look at verse 24. All right, but the rest of you in Thyatira, who do not hold this teaching who have not learned what some call the deep things of Satan, to you I say, I do not lay on you any other burden. Only hold fast works. Wait, only hold fast what you have until I come. Okay, so here, what does that tell you about the church of Thyatira in verse 24? No, to you I say, to the rest in Thyatira, as many as do not have this doctrine. So this teaching, the one it says in verse 24, this teaching, that's the teaching of Jezebel. Uh Okay, so... When if you don't know what this teaching is, don't don't change. Just you see, and there's some faithful doing ones there that aren't doing this. Right. So that's that can typify a congregation. Some are going this way, but some are staying I, true to the Lord. So he's speaking primarily. Well, he's speaking to the entire church, but he's p- kind of pointing at the half of the church that's following yeah, false or teaching. A third, okay, right. and he's like, yeah. come back. Come so back. there are some that have discernment right. there, and he's saying to the ones that are faithful, to him, stay fast. That right. he uses that word. He says. But this is interesting. You don't have that doctrine, which references Jezebel, mm. who have not known the depths of Satan. But I say to you, I will put no... Now, we know that Jesus brings up this issue of mm-hmm. Satan. He talks yeah. about the synagogue of Satan in earlier churches. Mm-hmm. He talks about the seed of Satan. He talks about Satan And we Satan just talked about you. the throne in Pergamon. That was yeah. the last show we did. So he's referencing and he's alerting to uh, these churches, you're dealing more than with uh, the emperor. You're dealing with more than these trade unions. Mm-hmm. You're dealing with more. There's a, there's a, there's an unseen uh, presence, uh, malevolent, uh, that, that's out not to do you good. Yes. Be aware of that. Depths of Satan, we're not sure. It could mean this, that there, we know there's a cultic activity. It says in Deuteronomy 29, 29, mm-hmm. the secret things belong to the Lord and to the Lord alone. But those things that God has revealed to us particularly through his word, mm-hmm. we belong to us and to our children. We're to, that's the word of God. Uh, but there's certain things he doesn't want us to traffic in. You'll see this mm-hmm. in Deuteronomy chapter 18 and other places. Necromancy, divination, fortune right. telling. Something was going on here where they were plumbing the depths of, of this Ooh. demonic cultic activity. Uh, I, I wrote some notes and some of the research I did, it, it kind of drove me to um, the idea that Jezebel enticed her followers by promising them knowledge and experience that came through some of the pagan rituals and uh, the sexual experimentation. Yeah, right. So they were going to get some deep-seated knowledge that they never would have gotten yes. on their own. Right. 
just just to it's entice them to keep going down this path. I, I don't know if that's right. Well, we right know they wrong. had mystery religions. Right. The Greeks, the Romans, they yeah. had initiation rites. They were going to give you higher wisdom, mm -hmm. insight, knowledge. Yeah. But often this involved uh, contacting demons, uh, immorality, uh, secrecy. Necromancy and all that stuff. Necromancy, divination. Everything the Sorcery. Yeah. Bible is, is <laughs> open. It's open to us. Yeah. It's nothing in secret. It's just, there it is. There's Sauce, God's yeah. word. Once things get secretive right. or limited few right. or this is privileged information, yeah. the chances are you're going mm. up. The Bible is an open book. Right. Right. Here it is. Here's what God says to do. So he's saying, but again, right. he's referencing these, these demonic influences. He says, I will, he says, now, I'm not going to put anything more on you. In other words, he's not going to rebuke him anymore. He says, but hold fast that which you have. This is a very important thing. Oh, you that's see this recurring. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Don't lose your reward. Right. What do I mean by this? Yeah. What does it, he mean? Well, our whole life, we're laying up treasure in heaven. You, you share the gospel. You do good deeds. You be kind. Uh -huh. All kinds of ways, Jesus says, lay up treasure in heaven. Your godly life, your witness. Don't lose it. Right. There's ministries that have been mm -hmm. faithful for 20 years, and the guy, the guy makes a mistake, immorality, theft, mm -hmm. whatever, and he can destroy it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Just like people's reputations can be destroyed with one wrong decision. Right. Right? Yeah. And they end up in jail. Chuck Colson, he was the highest, he was in the White House, he was the hatchet man, he was the guy, third in line with the president. He ends up in a federal prison sweeping floors made a bad decision. Now he comes to Christ through that. But what I'm saying, what our Lord is saying, this will recur as we get mm -hmm. to the end of the road, is hold fast. You have this reward stored up. Don't don't lose it. Yeah. Don't lose mm -hmm. it. Don't sell it. Don't don't cash out. You see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So this will be recurring. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, yeah, he's basically saying he's we're gonna reign with him yes, one day. Yeah. I mean man, that that's what we're holding out for. He's well yeah. he says that. He says um, hold on, verse 26. Yeah. He who overcomes and keeps my works until the end, to him I will give power over the nations. Now, this is interesting because if you look yeah. at, back at Revelation chapter 1, mm -hmm. it says in verse 6, he has made us to be what? He's not, verse 5, he tells us he's cleansed us from our sin, but what does it say in verse 6? It says something very interesting. I don't have that, so go ahead. Oh, yeah, you, you want to get it, Mr. Murphy? Okay, sure. It says, okay, and Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, firstborn from the dead, the ruler over the kings of the earth, to him who loved us and washed us from our sins uh, in his own blood. So there's our redemption. Verse 6, and has made us what? Kings and priests. Well, if he's made us kings, what does a king have? Authority. Right. Yeah. There's something for faithful service here that he's going to give us some responsibility in eternity. Yeah. This is repeated. Okay, this idea, we uh, we can understand we're priests. We go through that. I think we looked at that before. But kings, he was faithful with little here, will be made faithful for much over there. And he says here in uh, Revelation, um, I will give power over the nations. Mm. And then he says, he shall rule them with a rod of iron. They shall be dashed to pieces like a potter's vessel. Yeah. Now what Jesus is doing, again, he's going back into the Old Testament and go to Psalm 2. We'll start wrapping mm -hmm. it up here. That's where I was just saying. He goes to Psalm 2, and he's, he's, he's quoting verbatim, what I call cut and paste. And again, the thing with Revelation, it helps you get into the Old Testament. It really does. And look, look what it says in Psalm 2. 
Where exactly, Mr. Murphy? Uh, verse 1. Why do the nations rage and the peoples plot in vain? The kings of the earth, they set themselves and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against his anointed. See, it's they're against God and they're also against who? His, who's, who's his anointed? Jesus. That, that's the where we get the word Messiah. They're against God right? and Jesus. Yep. The people, do you think people are raging today against having God control oh. their lives? Mm. They don't want God. They don't want God's rule. Look what it says in verse 3. Let us burst their bonds apart and cast away their cords from us. They don't want no control. Oh, yeah. No, no control. You see? All. Just let me do my thing. You see? That's why they'll say, they said about Jesus, we don't want this man reigning over us. We don't want mm -hmm. his rulership. Yeah. But look what God does in verse 4 through 6. It says that he sits in the heavens, laughs, and the Lord just holds them in derision. See? Yeah. God is... And then he speaks to them in his wrath. That's what we're going to see in the book of Revelation, mm. in his deep displeasure. And then he says, I have set my king, yep. Jesus, on my holy hill. Yes. Then it shifts to Jesus speaking. Look what it says in verse 7 and 8. I will tell of this decree. The Lord said to me, you are my son. Today I have begotten you. It is As, I, I is Jesus, right? Yes. Jesus. Okay, so Jesus is talking. He says, I will tell of the decree. The Lord said to me, you are my son. Today I have begotten you. Yeah, and look what he says in verse 8. Ask uh, ask of me, and I will make the nations your heritage yeah. and the ends of the earth your possession. And verse 9. You shall break with, no, you shall break them with a rod of iron and dash them to pieces like a potter's vessel. That's what he's saying in Revelation. Yeah. Oh, wait, rod of iron. So, yeah, that's it, awesome. It is, so he's referencing the millennium, right, where we're going to, where he's going to reign for the he's thousand ruling, years. He's ruling, right, but he's also, he's breaking things uh, in his wrath, mm. cruel governments and injustice and yeah, demonic right. hold. And he's saying, he's using this here in Thyatira. Mm. He's, you know, yeah. It's really, yeah. do you remember what, what Satan offered Jesus in the wilderness temptation? He offered him. Bow down to me. Yes. And mm -hmm. I will give you. All the nations. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. See what he wanted to give him? Right. But here it's only God can give him. God. Mm. And he does it. By being slain and victorious, and he although us. Satan is referred to as the ruler of this world, oh yeah, God so, of this age. Yeah. So then, what's the clear distinction? So God has God temporarily given control to Satan? Though? Well, that's a good point. God is still in control. Mm -hmm. He right. owns the cattle on yeah. a thousand hills. Everything. Satan happened. already lost the battle. We've already won yeah. that. Right. But he's still called the prince and power of the earth. Yeah. He's still called the God of this age. Second Corinthians chapter four verse four. It says in First John mm -hmm. chapter five, the whole world lieth under the mm -hmm. sway of the wicked one. Uh, Jesus calls him the prince of this world mm, in the Gospel yeah. of John. My point being, he's got a lot of what happened, and it's, mm -hmm. it's a more in-depth study, but Adam and Eve were entrusted with the garden. They were mm -hmm. entrusted to have rulership and to care for the garden, and they had dominion over all the animals and everything. They forfeited that. They turned it over to Satan. You mm -hmm. see, sin, death, corruption, all entered into yes. the human predicament. Jesus comes back after mm -hmm. his resurrection. It's all power and authority is right. given unto me. Go make disciples of all nations. That's going to be fully committed or right. uh, consummated when he comes back in a new heaven and new earth. He's king of kings and lord of lords. See, it moves in that direction. So we essentially gave Satan the power that we once had. So God gave rulership to us. I guess we technically had the right to give it away because we had been given it. So we gave it to Satan in to some degree. To some degree. And just like how we were under God before, Satan is now still under God. Yeah. He can, oh, yeah, he yeah. Can't oh, yeah. He's do, under God's oh, control. Oh, no, for sure. Oh, yeah. He can't do, like, right. he's he lost can't battle do anything. after. We literally just went over a whole yeah. topic on how yeah. Satan literally fell from heaven after yeah. so many battles. Right. Yeah. Um, so yeah. He, he broke, it says oh, yeah. in, in Hebrews, he even broke his hold over death. He came through mm -hmm. Jesus' death and resurrection. Wow. He broke it. It says uh, 
in First John, it says, for this purpose the Son of God was manifested, <laughs> that he might destroy mm -hmm. the works. That's why when you share the gospel, particularly in a, yeah. in a demonic, mm -hmm. where people hold with fear of demons and everything, mm -hmm. when they come to Christ, you know, I've seen this, it's liberating. Mm. They no longer have a little spirit shrine. They don't put spirit strings to ward off evil spirits. They don't... They're free. Jesus says, I give you power to trample on serpents mm. and scorpions. That's a metaphor for the demonic. We don't realize that in this culture, but this is real. And through Jesus Christ, it's part of our inheritance package. You know, it makes the enemy... Um, I mean, the enemy is still really powerful. He's but like, powerful. He, he gets beat up a lot. But, <laughs> but, God's beat him I, up several I, times. You know, Jan, um, I, I, I think when I started on my walk with you, I think one of the big things for me was the fact that regardless of my past... That has been washed away and we're moving forward with Christ. When you mm -hmm. look at uh, 2 Corinthians 5.17, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The right. old has gone, the new has come. And, uh, and that's really what allows me to even sit here today with you is that hope and, you know, just just the ability to say regardless of what happens, we are walking in the Lord now. Yeah, right. And we have his forgiveness, yeah. his, you know, his grace, his blessings, regardless of what happens to exactly us. Exactly right. Yeah. We're, we're rightly that's situated. Right. That's, you know? that's correct. So we'll bring this to a close. And again, thank you guys for tuning in. We'll continue our study in the book of Revelation. We'll look at these seven churches, Lord willing, in the days ahead. So it closes here. Um, verse 28, and I will give him the morning star. Yeah. Well, th there's always this incentive yeah. to obey Jesus, to do what he says, right. to repent, to restore. There's this like, uh, after each church, he gives this little, uh, yeah, like an incentive motivation. I will give him the morning star. Well, at the end of the book of Revelation, in verse 16 of chapter mm -hmm. 22, it says, I, Jesus, have sent my angel to testify you the things in the churches, which he's doing back there. Right. I am the root and offspring of David, the bright and morning star. So you're comparing verse 28 of chapter 2 of Revelation yeah, exactly. to chapter 22 of Revelation, right. verse 16, right. the morning so star. It okay. speaks of an intimate relationship. Just like when he says, I will give you the hidden manna to right. the earlier church. Yes. That speaks of that. Jesus is the true manna come down. From right. Heaven. That's it, awesome. You know, uh, the, the other thing that I thought was cool, John, is when you look at Malachi 4.2, um, it reads, uh, closing book of the old, there's a great prediction by the prophet that the son of righteousness will arise oh, with healing, healing in his, his wings. wings. Yeah. The Lord Jesus will return in power and great glory. He right. will be like the sun appearing in the hmm. darkness yeah, of the that's world. It. Yeah, yeah. Star, yeah. Yeah. So here we have it. Um, then he says, now this is important. This is at the end of every letter to the uh -huh. churches. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Plural, churches, but singular, he that right. has an ear, let him hear. So if you have spiritual understanding, mm -hmm. like we did this morning, you can pick out things that have application yeah. either in our life or in right. our culture today. Right. And if you, you can appropriate this and you can grow. All yeah. scripture is given by inspiration of God, says in 2 Timothy mm -hmm. chapter 3.16, and is profitable for doctrine, for instruction, correction, and righteousness, that the man of God might be th mm -hmm. thoroughly equipped unto. So what we're seeing here, use these lessons, these letters written 2,000 years ago. Right. I'm telling you, it's, it's going on today. The pluses, the minuses, mm. the good, the bad, the ugly. It's <laughs> you know, all happening. I, I, what I've been getting out of this study with you, because this is the first time I've ever looked at the seven churches, is if you look at those seven churches and you take the bullet points that Christ gives where he reviews their negatives and the positives, right. you then can encapsulate those from the seven churches 
and it allows you not only to look at your own life, but it also helps you to study the Bible differently mm, through right. a different lens. Right. Because then you're going to start looking through the times all the way through, and you think through how he critiqued the churches. Mm. And, and regardless Great of what point. was happening in that time period, and so what yeah. I've been doing is I've been putting together all my notes based on what he did and what he said about the negatives and the right. positive, extrapolating all that. Right. Yeah. So now I got a little, I guess, you know, cliff notes on what he thinks is good and how we we can move forward even mm. during challenging times. Because we have Paul's diagnosis yeah. of churches and then we have yeah. Jesus's. And Jesus, I mean, yeah. Paul, Paul, Paul is an amazing yeah. writer, yeah. but the one from Jesus, I mean... This this book is so it's just so it's straightforward. It's, it's so clear. It's, it's, so what the church is in my mind as I started to look through this, it's it, it's just being in a city. It's your community. Yeah. So he's basically giving a lens. It's not just the church. It's how these people were living. It was their community in right. and of itself. Think of the church as yeah. a community within a wider community. Right. And yeah. it gets me now. This is huge, and we're going to do a whole program mm -hmm. on this. We live in a time now that we more and more Christians have alienated them, have de churched, what they call it, left yeah. the church. They're still believers. I don't doubt it for a moment. But look at why is it so important to Jesus at the start of the book of Revelation to focus mm. on seven local churches, right. their pluses and their minuses, and get them back on even mm -hmm. keel? At least they were in churches mm. that he could deal with them. Yes. How do you deal with people that, are, that deliberately put them outside? This is like the prodigal running away from home. Right. Where does he end up? In a foreign city with no funds and eating no food that the pigs and ate. Pig's yep. and, and can you imagine uh, if you're not under this umbrella? I mean, you know, how do you the how do you have body, any right? benchmarks for anything? Even like, when stuff's yeah. going wrong, you at least got some people there that are swimming exactly upstream. Right. You know what churches? They're it, like they're, they're like herds of zebra. You know, yeah. you know how zebras have stripes. It's there's it's actually it's actually they were designed that way by God. Um, because when when they run, it looks like mm -hmm. to, to to predators like all of their stripes, the whites and the yeah. blacks, blend in. So it actually looks sort of like you know how you look at optical yeah, illusions. Right. It looks like that. So it'll frighten a predator into yeah. thinking that it's not just multiple it's right. one giant organism right, right, yeah. giant. and that's really cool but um do we have anything else to add before i, I talk about the soundcloud link no, that's good okay so oh, go i just want to i just want to wrap up everybody if you're listening to this we we've realized that we needed a place to keep all of these these shows um in an orderly fashion so you can you can hear them anytime and share them with any of your friends so if you want to check out our soundcloud link you can just search this on on any um, sort of uh, internet search search engine you have. Um, go to www.john, that's J-O-H-N, all lowercase, 1421.com. That's www.john1421.com. And you can either play it on SoundCloud. If you have a phone, you can download the SoundCloud app and you can listen to our stuff. Um, that, that's the better option, but you can also listen to it just online if you're not comfortable downloading it. Right. Um, and yes, and, and, I and I also want to thank uh, John's son, Mike Murtha, who mm. has put that all together right. and works with us <laughs> continuously every week He's to download these and to make us look like we're techie people. <laughs> Which and we're, we're not. not. <laughs> yeah. So thanks, right. Mike. Well, thanks again for tuning <laughs> yeah. in, everyone. And uh, as Tristan says, these are archived. You can draw back on them. Right. Yeah. Get them if you so on that note, Tristan, you're leaving this week. Going God back to Grove you. City. Gonna yeah. see yeah. everybody yeah. again. Yeah. But yeah. I'll miss you guys. Oh, yeah. Same Why don't here, you buddy. close it down in a word of prayer then? That, Go ahead, Tristan. That would be good. Yeah. Um, 
King Jesus, just thanks for this time together and that we get to just uh, share your gospel and just talk about the deeper truths of somebody who you've really given understanding to and clarity. Um, God, I just want to pray over um, our time as uh, kids go back to school, me included, um, and the ministry that you've given to everyone who is listening to this podcast and everyone who actually just in general has your word, Lord, because just like these seven churches, you are in constant connection with us, whether we're getting physical writings from you, which which we have the Bible. Um, but anyway, Lord, just thanks for this time. I pray over everybody who has corona and everybody who might get it. I pray that that pandemic, um, that you use it for your glory. And uh, in your name, Lord, uh, all these things we pray. Amen. 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 Thank Great you job. Thank you guys. Thanks, Jan. Take care, everybody.